This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, President of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. Special guest, Dr. Andy Nazario. Dr. Nazario has retired. He uh, last worked at, as an assistant professor of criminal justice at Eastern Washington, or I should say Eastern New Mexico University, yeah, uh, probably the same uh, liberal type of university. Washington State is pathetic too, just like New Mexico. And um, But he also, 30 years, veteran, law enforcement, sheriff's department in New Mexico, uh, 10 years in Lubbock, Texas, uh, homicide. Um, let me tell you something. Um, he also served as a veteran, uh, United States Navy. And so, uh, Andy, welcome back to the Warning Radio Program. Well, thank you for having me back. Well, I'll tell you what, we've done some programs recently, and uh, we are seeing you, you know, your background, my background, law enforcement. We understand uh, the tyranny taking place. We understand the criminal activity both in the Congress and the House of Representatives. And it, it, it's it's in both. I mean, forced vaccinations is nothing more than international uh, criminal activity. It's a crime. Uh, they used to, uh, they hung people right after uh, the Nazis were overthrown in the trials. Hung people for this behavior. And, uh, I, you know, I hope that comes back when we win this tyranny, toppling of the United States, forced vaccinations. Uh, actually, there's so much evidence telling how it's, it's deadly. It hurts you. It kills you. Uh, it's used for depopulation. And the traitors in the United States, I hope they're put on trial. Andy? Yes, I just read an article this morning about a lady, and I don't have it up in front of me right now. I'll have to get that for you later. But... Uh, she was a practical nurse in a hospital, and she noticed that a lot of her patients actually were already fully vaccinated. So she asked them, to, her uh, people she worked with, if they could keep track because they, they were hearing, putting out that the majority of people in the hospital were not vaccinated. So her, her uh, idea was that it didn't seem quite right, so she asked them to, to keep track of it, and it came out that 95% of the people in the hospital that she worked at were fully vaccinated. 95%. 95%. Yes. Well, then of course she put that out and she was promptly fired. They're putting the poison in you. In other words, they're putting the disease in you. Uh, yes. They're putting COVID in you. That's disgusting. Yes. 
not only that, uh, everything that's in that COVID shot that is deadly. So much of it hurts you. Yes, we've been through uh, all of it before. My biggest issue is is the the complete difference that this vaccine has over all other vaccines that we've uh, uh, had put into our bodies. The flu vaccines, the cold vaccines, whatever it is, they're dead viruses that are put into the body so your immune system fights against those viruses. This is a totally new way of doing a virus than the vaccine where it's nanotechnology, they're using tissue from aborted babies, even though they're claiming it's not, we know for a fact that it is. And we talked about that in an earlier show. So this vaccine component that they're putting into us is is not a good vaccine. Well, headline news again, former Pfizer vice president, your government is lying to you in a way that could lead to your death. I mean, we're being lied to, flat out lied to, Andy. Yes, and it goes along with even the way they they presented this uh, Rittenhouse case that's in the news so much right now. And I've got several articles about how the uh, politicians are trying to spin this for their own benefit. And that's what you're trying to do. Just like in your te- in your book, The Science of Judgment, where it talks about it. If I could read that real quick. It says, the pagan liberals have turned good into evil and evil into good. And that's from scriptures. I've got Second Corinthians, I believe, or somewhere in there. They are dedicated to changing the Christian culture of America into a pagan culture so they can control how you live, believe, and speak. Dictators operate through the spirit of the beast where they intimidate and control people through fear, laws, and punishment. That's page 200 of the Science of Judgment. Wow. Again, the let's just take it. Kyle Rittenhouse case, Wisconsin. Uh, you were in law enforcement 30 years. Uh, run us through that case. And, and uh, I'll tell you what, that should have been an open and shut case of self-defense, a clear self-defense. And yet there was so much political pressure to uh, give this guy a kangaroo uh, court uh, in other words, a kangaroo trial and, and to frame him, flat frame him, Andy. Yes, it, it was. This whole trial was a political issue. And, and I can go through these uh, charges, count one at a time, which when we do this, we need to keep in mind the intent of the individual and the elements of the offense that have to be met for each case, each charge to consist, be consistent. Because a lot of times what you'll see, and I worked in the prosecutor's office and they stack charges. They'll put a lot of charges on the person so that they'll plead to lesser charges so they can clear the case and move it. Uh, they did pretty much the same in this, but there were no charges that were legitimate for this case. And I got this information from the uh, AP November 19, 2021 report by Todd Richmond. Talks about the Cal Rittenhouse, three men killing, two of them wounding, and the third during a protest in Kenesha, Wisconsin, count one, first degree reckless homicide, use of a dangerous weapon. This felony charge was connected to the death of Joseph Rosenbaum, the first man Rittenhouse shot. Bystanders video shows Rosenbaum chasing Rittenhouse through a parking lot and throwing a plastic bag at him. So this uh, 
Rosenbaum becomes the suspect. Rittenhouse is the victim. Rittenhouse flees behind a car and Rosenbaum follows. Videos introduced at the trial show Rittenhouse wheeling around and firing at Rosenbaum, who was chasing him. Richard McGinnis, reporter who viewed this, testified that Rosenbaum was lunging towards Rittenhouse to grab his gun. Reckless homicide differs from intentional homicide in that the prosecutors weren't alleging that Rittenhouse intended to murder Rosenbaum. Instead, they were alleging that Rittenhouse caused Rosenbaum's deaths in circumstances showing an utter disregard for human life. Count two, first degree reckless endangering safety use of a dangerous weapon. The felony charge was connected with Rosenbaum shooting McGinnis, told investigators he was in the line of fire when Rittenhouse shot Rosenbaum. And it goes on, count three, first degree reckless endangerment use of a, so uh, let me back up. This count two <clears throat> was basically charged because a person was nearby when he fired the shot in self-defense, by the way. Count three, reckless endangering, safety, use of a dangerous weapon, unknown man leaping at Rittenhouse trying to kick him seconds before Anthony Huber moves his skateboard towards him. Rittenhouse appears to fire around at the man but apparently misses and the man runs away. The charges of felony through punishment, the two and a half years in prison. Count four, first degree intentional homicide, use of a dangerous weapon, this charge was in Huber's death. Video shows Rittenhouse running down the street after shooting Rosenbaum. When he falls to the, in the street, Huber leaps at him and swings a skateboard at his head and neck and tries to grab Rittenhouse's gun before Rittenhouse fires. Criminal complaint. Intentional homicide means just that the person killed someone and meant to do it. A conviction would have meant a mandatory life sentence and a weapons modifier, which in a lot of states is called firearm enhancement because a firearm was involved, could add five years. So it's, it's an enhancement. The jury also was given the option of second degree intentional homicide, first degree reckless homicide, and Huber's death. So they were stacking the charges in case uh, the jury can't decide on one, they can decide on a lesser count. Count five, attempted first-degree intentional homicide, use of a dangerous weapon. This is the charge for Rittenhouse shooting Craig Crosshout in the arm seconds after he shot Huber. At, and as Crosskraut came towards him holding a pistol, Crosshout survived. The video shows. Now, I'm going to get into Crosshout here in a minute because, uh, remember, a felon cannot possess a firearm. Uh, count six, possession of a dangerous weapon by a person under 18. This charge was dismissed because Wisconsin law says that he can't have a weapon. The, what they were charging him with is that it was a shorter bear, shorter than uh, the standard rifle barrel. In other words, a short-barreled rifle. And a lot of states have like shotguns where you can't have it over. It has to be 18 inches or over. Same thing with that. And they were trying to charge him with this. So they were putting on charges that really, I call them stacking charges. So they were putting a lot of charges on him that just in hopes that they could get one to stick. The prosecution presented the victims as being peaceful and from NBC Chicago. 
The two people killed were identified as 36-year-old Joseph Rosenbaum of Kenosha and 26-year-old Anthony Huber of Silver Lake, Wisconsin. Remember, they made a big deal about Rittenhouse coming across uh, from a different city to come into Kenosha. Well, these people actually they, that are involved in this, two of them actually did also, because Craig Crosscout, 27 protester, was from West Elias, and he was the one that was rooting, uh, wounded. Uh, Rosenbaum was released the day of the shooting from the Milwaukee hospital with his injuries. Uh, Huber was seen in the video swinging the scrape board at Rittenhouse, was shooting in Milwaukee hospital, treated Kenosha Street, denied of the protest, though he and his fiance, who lived in the city, has background, includes conviction of sexual conduct and a minor a sexual conduct of a minor in Arizona in 2002. That's where the felony comes in, where you can't have a firearm if you're a convicted felon. Denied a defense request arguing Rosenbaum was trying to get Rittenhouse rifle. Huber, who was seen in the video swinging the skateboard, he was known in Kenosha skateboard communities. His girlfriend, Hannah, said that skateboarding was his life. He had been he had served a pair of prison stints stemming from family conflict, including choking his brother in 2012. So these people that are portrayed as victims are not so so much innocent. Uh, the great aunt says that Huber was involved in protest because he was a, very upset over police officers who had shot Blake. So they were he was there with the. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and the protest against police. Uh, Grosskouts previously said he attended several protests following Floyd's May 2020 death. With training as a paramedic, Grosskart was carrying the medical supplies and was doing so in the night of Kenosha. He was also armed with a pistol and had in his hand, and he approached Rittenhouse, who shot him in the arm. So this is beginning to all sound like self-defense. If you, if you actually look at the videos and, and listen to the testimony, and that's where some of the, the media was saying that the, the prosecution's witnesses that they put on the stand were actually against their own case, worked against their own case. And that's really uh, prosecutor, prosecutor misconduct where they started doing that. When they're adding charges, what they're doing here is, is, is misconduct. They're trying to charge somebody who's innocent of a crime. The normal process of going to court is whenever you, we have a case we worked up and I presented it to the DA's office, I would list charges that I thought that, that had been uh, offended by the offender that I could get him prosecuted with. The prosecutor would look at those and decide whether or not they could be. It, it would uh, be set for trial or set before a grand jury or a judge, and the grand jury would decide if there's probable cause for the case to go forward. Now, it's been said that uh, in the grand jury, you can pretty much get any, any case to go to trial that's presented because the defense usually isn't there to put on a defense. It's not a court trial. It's only a decision to see if a case could go forward. So I'm not surprised so much that it went to trial, that it got through the, the – uh, grand jury system, because if the prosecutor presents it and presents it in the way that that they were trying to in the court without showing a lot of the evidence to the grand jury, then the grand jury probably went ahead and do it. 
Now, according to Newsmax, November 20th, uh, Charles Kim, <clears throat> a riot took place in Portland. So this not guilty verdict caused a lot of repercussions over the, over the country and the self-defense. And there's going to be a lot of, uh, and this reminds me of, of your article that just came out in your newsletter, which I'm going to get to in just a minute. But the riots in Portland in the wake of the not guilty verdict of Kyle Rittenhouse case, Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, they came to decision Friday. It goes on, uh, Kenosha remains calm, but they're riding in Portland, Oregon, and in Oregon. According to the Mammoth County Sheriff's Office, an estimated 200 hostile people protest at the Justice Center in the downtown area of the city around 8.45 p.m. throwing urine, alcohol, alcohol beverages, water bottles, batteries at deputies blocking the ramp and the entrance into the complex. Because of the large group, we're engaging in tremendous and violent conduct. Further entry into the building would have posed significant implications and grave risks causing public alarm. So the, the uh, sheriff's office in Multnomah County Sheriff's Office declared it a riot. No arrests were made. And this is where the issue, I think, comes in, where we're not punishing people for their crimes. And we're seeing that. Uh, there's This weekend, there was the uh, people going into the stores, I think it was San Francisco, and looting. And they're not being charged with it. When, when you start having that, then that's where you're going to have turmoil coming across the country because criminals can get away with crimes. Well, let's get real. I mean, all all this is going on in liberal states, blue states. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, before the presidential election, uh, they were destroying America and these liberal states, the governors, were doing nothing, nothing, where the red states would not tolerate it and their cities weren't burnt down. This is all political, Andy. It's total political game to topple the United States of America. Yes, it is. And I think that the statements made by Nader, who's a representative, uh, he said that the Kyle Rittenhouse acquittal is a miscarriage of justice and sets dangerous precedents. And the case justifies federal review by the Department of Justice because he crossed state lines, Democrat representative and House Judiciary Chair Jerry Nader tweeted. Yeah, I no, have I have, I have this on my uh, Facebook, W my Facebook page. Powerful Democrat demands federal intervention over Kyle Rittenhouse acquittal, a dangerous precedent. You know, the news media and and uh, this this whatever you want to use it, this tyrannical government of ours uh, who, who got into power through, uh, I believe, nothing but corruption, uh, stole the election. Again, that's in my opinion with the evidence I've seen. Uh, they are trying to uh, have our nation go up into smokes. They, they want to come down with martial law. They want to take over America and move us into a new world order. Exactly. And it, it's their plan. It's the great reset that's taking place. And they're using groups like Black Lives Matter to push this forward. The Black Lives Matter's response on their webpage to this, which I looked at on November 19th, said, we are not shocked today, not guilty verdict is expected when white supremacy lives and breathes within our institutions. It is a reminder of how our legal systems are deeply rooted in white supremacy. So they're going to keep pushing this 
white supremacy, this uh, the violation of civil rights, even though it's not factual, just like they call you, Dr. Hansen, a racist. It's it's totally uh, not factual. It's it's things that are just said to try to make people turn against other people, turn against each other. Well, again, this country's going to fall from yeah, within. Yeah. Here, here are some of the best friends in the world I, I work with constantly are, are, are black leaders. I just had one right here for four solid weeks, a spiritual son, apostolic leader. My wife right now, uh, my former one, uh, is with the Lord, uh, a black lady uh, from Kenya, my, my son uh, that she gave birth to. Again, my adopted daughter, black an Italian son-in-law, a Chinese aunt, a, a Malaysian cousin. Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, I hate racism. I hate racism. But our government is pushing racism. And uh, this this powerful Democrat, uh, I believe he's a racist, so to speak. He's certainly, in my opinion, a traitor. And uh, the news media that tried to frame him, the news media before the elections, the presidential elections, pushed again uh, uh, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, peaceful protests. Those who weren't peaceful protests, that was flat out chaos and people should have been arrested and sent to federal prison. Yes. And if I could real quick, because I know we're running out of time, your part one of your November newsletter that's that came out, you've said many Christians are very confused over a believer's responsibility in areas of self-defense, a righteous war, justifiable homicide, legal execution, etc. When the church does not understand a Christian's rights and responsibilities in these areas, they can become needless victims. Many Christians become pacifists and fail to become the protector of their home and nation. In these cases, the believers are not persecuted for righteousness' sake, but instead for ignorance. And that was a quote from your newsletter. Well, it's absolutely true. I mean, uh, you just take, take um, let's say, what these, these church leaders use to justify passism and uh, Matthew 5, 38 through 42. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. If anyone wants to sue you, take your shirt, give them your coat. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go two. Give to the one who asks. Do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. And then I've got the explanation in it. The Reverend Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a Lutheran pastor, author, theologian, anti-Nazi dissident, knew his responsibilities as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. He was a spy against the Nazis in World War II, which was a just war. He was involved in the assassination attempt against Adolf Hitler. Yet when he was captured, he became the perfect Christ-like example of what Jesus was saying when under the control of dictators, like the Roman couriers mentioned above, and Bonhoeffer in a German prison. He fought for the enemies of the church when he was free, and as, as that was his obligation instructed to all of us in the scriptures, yet when captured, 
He then again, as commanded by God, loved his enemies instead of continuing to fight them or hate them. Just because uh, just before Bonhoeffer was executed, his German guards were so impressed by his love that they offered to help him escape. But he refused, fearing the guards and their families would be retaliated against by the Nazis. So he freely gave up his life, which is the ultimate example of God's love and died without fear. Again, that scripture, it's talking about they were under Roman control. And if a Roman courier wanted them to uh, walk a mile, they had to or be killed. And and if they, if they wanted their shirt, Jesus said, give them your coat. And Jesus said, hey, walk two miles. In other words, uh, just like Paul treated his Roman guards with love and converted many of them before he was executed. Yet, uh, he knew his responsibility. The disciples, if you read my newsletters, were uh, had been armed. Uh, and, and you need to read my newsletter. If you don't have a copy of it, uh, write to me at warning at worldministries.org, warning at worldministries.org, warning at worldministries.org. And again, we go into all of this uh, homicide, justifiable homicide, a just war, legal uh possession the Bible goes into of weapons for self-defense and self-defense. And and I'll tell you what, the Bible is filled with our responsibilities to protect family, your wife, your children, not to watch them be killed. You've been listening to the Warning Radio Program. Special guest is Dr. Andy Nazario. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.